Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. Come to the water of life You will never thirst again Let all who are thirsty come to Him Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again Let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Are you aware that your last days are upon you? We are careening toward total destruction. Just look at the news. America will be nuked. 
and many other cities in in America and the world will be nuked, and we will burn. Say, come on, Pastor. No, please hear me. We are quickly moving into the last days of Earth's continued history as it is now, and there will be a total change. Now, I go back in my mind and in the scriptures where this all started with the church 2,000 years ago with the book of Acts. We're going to live in the book of Acts for a short time. And many of you will become serious about Jesus. No, I mean really serious about Jesus. And the culture will be laid aside. And you will search after the Lord God of heaven. That's why he has sent me. Now, many hear these messages and blow them off. They don't take them seriously. I can't help that. My job was to come and proclaim the word of God, not to socialize, not to enter into the foolish entertainment of our age, but to come and simply speak the word. I'm not a prophet. I'm a watchman. A watchman who comes and proclaims the straight word of God day after day. I'm so grateful to those of you who hear the word, respond to the word, and know that you have to be right with Jesus. We are at the end. And Jesus is coming. But I go back to the book of Acts and read and reread it. And I laugh with joy as I see God step in and do incredible things to wake his people up, to involve them in the evangelism of the lost. There are some doozy stories, amazing stories of salvation and of God's grace. And I love these stories. I read them over and over. In Acts, the eighth chapter, an angel of the Lord comes to Philip. He says, rise, go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went down. Angel of God told you to rise. Get up out of your bed. Go south toward southern Virginia. 
there's a road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Maybe it was Route 95. And he rose. And he went. Do you hear God speaking to you? Do angels speak to you? Does the Holy Spirit speak to you? We're coming into a time when we will hear the voice of God giving us directions in evangelism. The Lord said to me some years ago, I will accomplish more in one day than you can accomplish in your whole life. And I began to praise God and say, it's going to happen. God is going to come and he's going to give specific directions. And those directions will result in the specific conversion of pagan men or of men who are not of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what happened here. It doesn't say he spent the morning questioning whether God was really serious about the fact that he should go. He could only go by walking. He rose and he went. God speaks and we move. There was an Ethiopian. He was a eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. He was the treasurer. He was in charge of all of the finances for Ethiopia. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, seated in his chariot. Had he converted to Judaism? We don't know. It doesn't tell us. But he was returning. Seated in his chariot, he found a man. Philip found a man on that road, on a desert road. Not a place where you would normally find people walking. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit said to Philip, go over and join the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And he asked, you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before its shear is silent. Opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, Justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Eunuch 
reading this passage of scripture, said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water. This is a dry desert area. Suddenly they come to an area where there's water. How many hours had they been together? We have no idea. But it was not a quick thing. It took time. And Philip was willing to take whatever time, and here he is out in the desert. They come to an oasis. And the eunuch says, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water. Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. Wow. I'd say that was a productive day, wouldn't you? I don't know what time he left home, but he had to walk. And he's on this desert road to Gaza by himself, not fearing robbers. I don't know if I don't know if the Ethiopian had guards with him. If he was the treasure, the guards might have been there. They went down in the water, and Philip baptized him. A baptism that came about with the cooperation of an angel of God telling him to go. The Spirit of God moving on the Ethiopian man's heart, and a servant of the Most High God who was willing to cooperate. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. So they come up out of the water. Maybe Philip gave him an embrace and welcomed him to the family of God servant of Jesus Christ, doesn't say. But suddenly Philip was gone. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. He had met Jesus that day. Philip found himself at Astros. Wouldn't it be interesting? You're with someone, you baptize them, and suddenly you're being swept away. You're being carried in the air 
You don't know where you're going. And when you are gently set down, you don't know where you're at. So you begin to look for signs to tell you where you're at. And he knew that he should continue to Caesarea. It's a long ways away. And as he went, he stopped with everyone he saw and he preached the gospel to them. In the towns, he preached the gospel until he came to Caesarea. doesn't say what happened then. Did, he, did, he, did the Holy Spirit come and take him home and drop him off? We don't know. What I do know is that this incredible story of the New Testament Acts Church tells us how the church could grow so rapidly. Men and women who were willing to go wherever they were sent and say whatever they needed to say about Jesus Christ. There was a boldness in their hearts. They weren't there as secondary assignment to their life. Work was not first. First was the work of the gospel. The work of the gospel must be first in our hearts, and we must prepare ourselves now because the Lord is going to begin to speak to us very specific things. He's going to tell us, go this way, go that way. I have somebody down here in the, in the corner. I need them to, to meet Jesus. The Holy Spirit is directing the book of Acts. And people are obeying and they're doing what they're told. When was the last time you heard a direction from the Holy Spirit? And did you do it? Did you go? That's a hard one. Because many of you don't hear from the Holy Spirit. People ask me, why doesn't the Holy Spirit talk to me? Well, you're too far away. You can't hear him. You're spending your time in worldly pleasures, not in prayer, not in the reading of the word. I woke up this morning and I was so eager to get up. I wanted to get up and find my Bible and I wanted to read it. I wanted to enjoy what the Holy Spirit was doing. He's doing wonderful things. It's just beginning, my brother, my sister. The Holy Spirit is just beginning to bring us back into the book of Acts. In some parts of the world, they're living the book of Acts. China. Many Christians there are living the book of Acts. They're persecuted. They're rejoicing. And they're bringing many others to Jesus. I want to see that in America. I want to experience acts in the 21st century in America. And I'm going to. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for the healing of my leg, which will be a sign to me that it's beginning. I'm looking for God to begin to speak to you 
and tell you where to go, where to go to church, where to go to minister to somebody who needs to hear the gospel. I'm eager for you to walk in the book of Acts with me. The next verse, chapter 9, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, isn't that interesting? Remember what Jesus said? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Or you could put it this way, I am the path. Walk this way. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise, enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Oh, wait a minute. He's a a Pharisee. Totally against the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet Jesus approaches this man and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you? I'm the Lord. I am Jesus. Ooh, that must have been a shock to his system. It must have blown him right out of the water. He falls down, blind, on the earth, humbling himself before Almighty God. Go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. Oh, I want Jesus to tell you and me what we must do. We need to hear from Jesus. We are entering the last days of your life on this earth. Do you want to hear from Jesus? Then lay down the world the flesh, and the devil. Here this man is on his way. Kill Christians. To bind them. To take them in fetters back to Jerusalem where they can be put on trial and executed. Jesus says, Rise and enter the city and you'll be told what you are to do. Oh, I want that. I want to be told what I must do. Do you? Come on, get real with me. This is not this is not story time. This is the reality of the New Testament Acts Church and we're walking into that again now where the Holy Spirit is going to tell people, "Go here, do this, say this." Will you do it? Will you obey the Lord when he speaks?
the men who were traveling with him. The light didn't fall on them, and they just stood speechless. They hadn't seen anybody, but they knew something was going on that was way beyond their pay grade. Saul rose from the ground. His eyes were wide open, but he saw nothing. So he reached out his hand to the partner who was with him, and they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight. He didn't eat or drink. Now, how long would it take you to settle in your mind that this Jesus was in fact the Christ? Some of you have been resisting him all your life, and yet you're interested. You want your own life, and you want the world too. But you're interested in this Jesus. If the light shone on you and blinded you, how long would it take you to decide this, in fact, was Jesus? And you need to change your behavior. As I was praying about some specific people, the Lord said to me by the Spirit, A man is as a man does. Kind of shocked me. But he was right, wasn't he? You're a Christian when you act like a Christian. When you do the things that a Christian does. Where you have your focus entirely upon Jesus. And where you take direction from him. Where he sends you where he wants you to go. Some of you are just stubborn. I'm not going to do that. Maybe he's told you what to do. Maybe he's told you to move. And you're saying, whoa, 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 I'm not going to move anywhere. This is, my roots are here. My ground is here. This is my house. I'm not moving. But he's told you to move. And you're clear you're supposed to move. But when the Lord told you to move, you said, oh, no, 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 wait. I'll move, but only if I can have. And you listed off the things that you demanded of Jesus that he give you. You want a certain kind of house in a certain kind of place, a certain acreage. You want You want what you want. You're not moving to take care of your wants. You're moving to be a minister for Jesus, to be like Philip. Philip is not baptized or Philip is not ordained as a minister of the gospel. Jesus, by his spirit, to an angel says, go down to that Gaza road, that road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. Okay, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. 
or he's told you, give this person or give this ministry this amount of money. You've said, can't do that. I'd be broke. There are people who listen to this broadcast. The Spirit moves on them and they're convicted, but do they send an offering to this? No. I can't afford it. I'd be broke. My wife would disagree. Come on. It's time to stand up and do what the Holy Spirit prompts you to do. Now, if he's prompting you to do little things, what are you going to do when he prompts you to do a big thing? Are you going to obey? No, because you've been disobeying in the little things. Here's Saul. Three days. He's stirring in his mind. Now, there was a disciple. That's like you. You're at Damascus. His name was Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. Oh, wait a minute. He knows the Lord's voice. He's He's been down this road before. Have you? Have you been down this road? Do you know the voice of God, and do you obey it when he speaks to you? The Lord said to him, Rise. Go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Ananias answers, Lord, I've heard from many about this man. Now much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he's come here with authority from the chief priests to bind all of us who call on your name. You argue with God? If you're going to argue with God, you're going to have to know his voice. You're going to have to have heard from him before. Ananias and Jesus are friends. He's going to do what he's told to do. He's going to obey, but he's going to argue first. You argue with God. You argue with God. Whoa. That's dangerous. But the Lord said to him, You know what the word but means? It means, no, I'm contending with you on what you just said. 
I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to agree with you. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry out my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Not another word from Ananias. Ananias departs. He doesn't go get in his car and drive. He walks. And he enters the house, marked out by the Lord. Walks directly. Saul. I don't know if Saul is sitting at a table, sitting on a couch. I don't know where he is. It doesn't say. But he puts his hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul. Brother Saul. Ananias has totally agreed with Jesus and has gone on his mission. And when he arrives there, Brother Saul, the man who has been agreeing with a murder of Christians. But now he's in a new position. The Lord has chosen him. And it's up to Ananias to go and lay his hands on him. The Lord loves to work with his people. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. There's argument whether this is baptized in the Spirit or baptized in water. Taking food, he was strengthened. I believe the baptism of the Spirit took place when his eyes were healed. I believe that's when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and I believe he then went and was water baptized. You may disagree. It's okay. Taking food, he was strengthened. For three days, he's not eaten, and he had nothing to drink. And suddenly now his whole life has been transformed as he has been brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amazing. Now, for some days, he was with the disciples in Damascus. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue. Now, I want you to see this. A man comes to Jesus Christ. His life is utterly transformed. He has heard the voice of the Lord. He spends time with God's people to quickly be acclimated. And then he goes to the synagogue and begins to preach that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of God. And everyone who heard him 
They were amazed, and they said, Is not this man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who call upon the name? And has he not come here for the purpose to bring them bound before the chief priests? People were astonished. Now, I've gone through this story for you and the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, the treasure. I've gone through these stories to say, you can expect these kinds of things to start happening in your life if you are a true Christian. Jesus is going to begin moving in power in the American church. He loves the church. He's not going to cast off the the whole church. He's going to cast off those who are filled with worldliness and who really don't love him. I ask you the question. Do you really love Jesus? I know men and women who are just a part of of the church. But in the private parts of their life, they're reading the scriptures and they're praying and they're earnestly seeking for Jesus to speak with them and to give them clear direction on what he wants them to do. One man I know is an older man. He's retired. With no pay, he's taken over the maintenance of the church building. If something needs repaired, he repairs it. If something needs painted, he paints it. If something needs... Cleaned, he cleans it. He's very humble. But when you speak with him, you quickly discover that this man who's been a professional, who's had a full life of service, this man loves Jesus with all of his heart. I rejoice in this man's testimony. Now his wife, not so much. Don't judge her. But this man, he's waiting for the word of Jesus day by day to give him direction on where he's to go, what he's to do. Another man says to him, could you come do some work in my house? Sure. He's not a carpenter by trade, but he is a wonderful builder and carpenter. So he goes to that man's house and he does whatever's needed and the man pays him. He doesn't demand a set price. Whatever the man wants to pay. And then he's back home reading his scriptures, 
I've known this man for many, many years. I knew him when he was a boy. One day I went into the house where he lived. Guess where I found this man? As a boy. He was in a real tiny bedroom. No room for chairs. He was laying on his bed. And he was reading the scriptures. That's been the whole pattern of his life. Now, if you say to that man, does Jesus talk with you? I haven't asked him that question. I'm not around him. But if I ask him that question, I think he would probably answer, no, I have not heard the voice of the Lord. Why? Because we've not lived in the book of Acts yet. But soon we will hear the voice of the Lord, and you will hear it if you are a devout follower of Jesus Christ. Spend your time in worldly entertainment. Spend your time seeking the things of the flesh, fulfilling the desires and the lusts of the flesh. You will not ever hear the voice of the Lord. But if you're seeking Jesus with all of your heart, in every church, Jesus has a few of these faithful men and women. When the Acts Church comes forth, they will hear the voice of God and they will obey. Now some, some of us, hear the voice of God. Not as often as we want, but he tells us what to do. He told me to wait upon him. That's why I didn't go to a doctor to get my broken leg repaired. I'm waiting on the Lord. Now, have I missed him? I don't know. But I'm going to keep doing what he told me to do until he tells me the next thing to do. Through the years, I've learned something very important about the Lord. He speaks. You keep on serving him and keep on doing what you're doing until he speaks again. And then you obey that command. Saul is converted. They recognize that he will be killed if he doesn't get out of town. So they lure him over the wall in a basket from Damascus. The Jews plan to kill him. When he gets to Jerusalem, he's like an eager puppy. And they reject him utterly. And it took Barnabas... I love Barnabas. It took Barnabas to take Saul to the disciples, introduce him. And they recognize that he is walking in the fear of the Lord. 
but they also recognize that he is immature. And the Spirit leads them to take him safely to Caesarea, put him on a boat, and send him home to Tarsus, where the Holy Spirit is going to teach him. Seven years he was in the wilderness, being taught by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, teach me. Are you ready to walk in the book of Acts where you're totally obedient and you hear the word of the Lord? It's coming. We're in the last days, in the last hours of this earth's history on your life. We won't be here much longer. But there is going to be a short time, I know in my spirit. There's going to be a short time for the American church to walk in the spirit of the living God, to obey his every command, to not be caught up with yourself and your money and your lust, but to be washed and made clean. I pray you hear me. And I pray you would be willing to take action and do precisely what the Holy Spirit of God tells you to do, like Ananias was, like Philip was, like Saul was. It's a very bold thing for Saul. To hear the word of Jesus and to obey him. See, this is not child's play. This is seriously depending on the Lord God of heaven for his direction. And when you get it, you stop delaying and you move quickly in obedience to whatever he's told you to do, whether it's to give or to move from your house or to go somewhere or to go talk to somebody, whatever it is, go do it quickly. My brother, my sister, just about out of time. The little bit of time we have left, I want to pray with you. Holy Spirit of the living God, Lord Jesus Christ, I come praying in your name because of your shed blood on Calvary. I come praying and pleading in your name that you would speak to your people and you would give them clear direction, whether it's to come to the prayer chapel, whether it's to send an offering, whether it's to go to a brother or sister and talk with them and share the gospel with them. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells your people, would you cause them to do it and do it quickly? For I know 
We're coming into the last days of their history upon the earth. And the last days will be most precious. It's a time when we stop thinking about ourselves and our plans and our desires. And we obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. Thank you. You've made clear to us what we are to do. And we will do it. You, Jesus, I pray in your holy name. Amen. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for the sick. The sick and the broken have my heart because I know shortly we will walk in the book of Acts and we will heal the sick and the lame. People will look at that and say, I want Jesus too. Now, Chip just checked in with us, coming from Malawi. There's a lot of the work of the real spirit beginning to be done there. And there's also much deception. But that's going to be true everywhere. Especially in America. Let's pray. Lord, I come today standing by faith that your word is true and that you are faithful and that when you speak to us, you mean what you say and you want us to quickly adapt ourselves to what you've told us, no matter what that is. Where we're to move, how we're to use our money, who we're to speak with, with whom we will exchange the grace of your your blood, Jesus. So, Lord, I come today boldly to your throne of grace, knowing that there are men and women who are broken and sick, and they desperately are crying out to you for your healing power to cover them and bring them into wholeness. Lord, I bring them before you, and I stand by faith that right now you are healing those that have called upon your name, and you have have turned to them in love and comfort, and you will restore them. Lord, please, I pray for the sick and the broken today who need you and whose total confidence has been placed in you. And they're waiting upon you to fulfill your promise. Lord, please come. Please come. Lord, I thank you. Pray in your holy name. Amen.
Well, we're going to continue with this study in the book of Acts. In part because the Holy Spirit has told me to go to the book of Acts. No, that's completely it. But I have to tell you, I really enjoy the book of Acts. I read it and I reread it. And I know it's where I want to live day by day in the book of Acts, doing what the Holy Spirit calls upon me to do, going where he tells me to go. I invite you to the book of Acts and to living out that book of Acts today. I've sometimes said it's not the book of Acts. It's the book of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'm glad to hear from you. You can contact me, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box, 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195, or going to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Present you blameless.